You're listening to the Chancellor Pink Podcast on Chancellor Pink Radio. More Steelers Podcasting from your Steelers Podcasting Network. I just had to do another Steelers Podcast because I... Same reason, I mean... There's so much negativity, and sports are about entertainment and enjoyment. And it seems to me that people must really be unhappy in this country these days and in the city of Pittsburgh and in life because they just want to be negative so often instead of being hopeful and positive and feeling good about things. Um, It seems to me that if something was created sports and football for entertainment and joy and already we have to suffer way too often with sports with losses and the fact that only one team comes out on top in the end so your team is the odds of it being your team are very slim and the odds are that by the end of the year you're going to end the season feeling bad so there's already built-in negativity when it comes to sports then why the hell would we want to add to it um, and in this regard, the Steelers in this offseason have certainly made a lot of controversial decisions, cuts, because of financial situations. Uh, they uh, petered out at the end of the year on defense only because of injuries, but on offense because of game plan and Ben Roethlisberger's performance. Uh, it did not appear to be Ben Roethlisberger, the quarterback, petering out necessarily as much as stubbornness an inability to change up their offensive game plan because of that unwillingness and inability in the face of a division victory. uh, I was ready to get rid of Ben Roethlisberger and Mike Tomlin because I felt they were extremely culpable in allowing that season to collapse because that was not a fluky 11 and 0 contrary to what everybody says in the national media. And even locally, they allow it to be said Ben was great. Ben was MVP worthy. He was in the discussion, at least locally, because he deserved to be nationally. And he was performing fantastic. And the team's offense was performing fantastic. They were in the top five of scoring. I think they ended 12th or 10th in the league in scoring. Even as bad as they collapsed, they still ended at top 10, I believe, in scoring at 26 points per game. But for more than half the year, they were in the top five in scoring. And they beat many good teams badly. I mean, they kicked the living shit out of the Christ-like visage of the Cleveland Browns who are continually talking. Everybody talks about how much greater they, they, they are and they're up and coming and all this crap. The Steelers just beat the shit out of them and kicked their asses all over the field and in, in, in the middle of the year. And then went into Cleveland and the Browns were like, we have to win or we don't even make the playoffs. We're the greatest teams ever. And if we can't beat the Steelers, missing five of their best stars in this last game at home in Cleveland, if we can't do that, our asses are out of the playoffs. And oh my God, we barely won against Mason Rudolph. But we're so much better than them. Because then in the playoffs, they come into an empty, you know, Heinz Field. And there's 73 turnovers in the first quarter, and they come out of it at 28 to nothing. And after that, they proceed to get their living fucking ass kicked again by the Steelers for the next three quarters, which they're only four in a game. Anyway, sorry, sorry. 
I just get so frustrated by the law, the reality of what happened between the Browns and the Steelers and then the projections coming into this year for the Browns versus the Steelers. It makes zero sense. But what bothered me at the end of last year was, look, reality is what I'm into, and I want to enjoy and have fun with sports until reality says otherwise. And the reality at the end of last year was Ben was was bashing his head against a brick wall over and over again, throwing little dump-offs that were being batted down, like, you know, get that shit out of here at the line of scrimmage, uh, dropped by his receivers regularly as they had been most of the year, and uh, and just not not sustaining drives enough to score enough and throwing in and starting to throw interceptions more uh, than, he, than he did at the beginning of the year. He only ended up with 10 on the year, which wasn't bad at all, but... Uh, for the longest time, he had a lot of touchdowns and only like four interceptions. I think it was uh, 21 to four or something, and he ended up 33 and 10. So he ended up going like 11 and six down the stretch or something like that. Uh, touchdown to interception ratio. But anyway, the point is, it was his unwillingness or inability to, you know, change up the game plan. He and Randy Feekner, who was justifiably fired. But to me, Tomlin let it happen. So I just felt like, look, third year in a row, the Steelers uh, don't make the playoffs. Third year in a row, they should have. And it was a collapse uh, why they didn't. And I don't know how we okay this. And rubber stamp Tomlin. I like Tomlin as a coach. I know he's one of the best in the NFL, but, you know, to let that happen. And same with Ben. At the time to retire, if you can't, you know, he was a winner. He was knew how to do what it took to win. And now, all of a sudden, he has a justified, valid, real 11-0 team. You know, team that beat Tennessee, who was at their highest of powers last year. And the Steelers beat them in Tennessee. And we beat Baltimore twice. And they were a very good team last year. And they're still a good team. And the Steelers beat them twice. Um, you know, the Steelers did not just, you know, play a bunch of losers like everybody acts last year and they didn't just stumble around Steelers were a very good team they ended up with the third ranked defense in the NFL uh their offense just petered off and they got injuries on defense they lost key players uh and and so their defense uh, by the end of the year was giving up yardage um because of trying to replace people that were irreplaceable coming into this year we did lose one of our key players two of our key players and Mike Wallace and and um uh, Bud Dupree, but I, we're replacing Dupree, in my opinion, with Highsmith, Alex, High, Alex Highsmith. I mean, I don't, he, he's not going to be exactly Bud Dupree, but I think with him and Melvin Ingram, I don't think we'll notice much of a drop off there. And plus, the Steelers' pass rush is so good that I really don't think that'll be noticed. Now, against the run, Bud Dupree was very good. Hopefully, we'll see if we hold up as good against the run. We'll have Devin Bush back, hopefully, the whole year. So that should help uh, in terms of the run attack. We didn't have him in middle uh, inside linebacker through much of last year. I think he got injured after six games. But the point is uh, Mike Hilton will be a loss. And 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 I'm not seeing any – I don't believe Cam Sutton can be anything close to Mike Hilton uh, at at the slot corner position. Um, And I'm not seeing anyone else step up. They're injured. Uh, Antoine Brooks they were talking about, but he's injured. He's not even practicing now. So I I don't think – I think that's a hole they're just going to have to deal with. Um, Steven Nelson, not a hole. I do believe Cam Sutton can be as good as Steven Nelson. Um, 
and I think uh, Pierre can be decent too. So I think we have – I'm not worried about the other cornerback position, but I am worried about Mike Hilton and that. So we are we are worse defense than last year on the whole, but if people stay healthy, we'll be better than we ended up. In other words, this defense on the whole will be better than last year the way it ended the season if we don't lose key players to injury. Um, if we don't stay healthy, then it'll just get better worse but it's going to be a very good defense no question about it the the question is the offense and there really isn't much of a question we have a very good running back in Najee Harris we have very good wide receivers and tight ends uh, the question comes down to Ben and the offensive coordinator the new guy and whether or not uh, Matt Canada's offense is uh, something Ben can run effectively and efficiently with this new offensive line but here's the point I'm trying to make with this podcast I'm sorry People are taking shots locally all the time at the Steelers. I mean, Dots, Kevin Dotson, rookie guard last year, this year, injured, not practicing. One of the media outlets says that the coaches weren't happy with him at the beginning of camp. Put two and two together. It's not complicated. They weren't happy because he came back injured, okay? He came to the thing with some sort of ankle problem, and they were mad at him that he fucked up his ankle before even getting started because they need him and they were going to rely on him. So Tomlin's being hard on him and everyone's kind of mad because they wanted him to be in there right away with right alongside uh, 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 Kendrick, uh, Kendall Green or Kendrick Green, whatever the hell their number three-round pick at center is. That's what they wanted. And um, he couldn't do it because of his ankle. So there's no mystery going on here, but people are saying if he can't win it or he better win it or this or that or the drama or there's weirdness going on. And everybody's making all these weird comments, making more out of it than there is, including Dotson online making too much out of it, getting upset at Tomlin for, for being upset at him. But look, when you're an athlete and you come to training camp and you have an injury, I, I'm upset at you. I mean, I, I think it's one thing to come to training camp out of shape. I mean, Casey Hampton used to do that, the big snack. He used to pass out on, on the first day's jog or run or whatever. And, you know, they put you on the the pup list, the physically unable to perform list if you come back and you're not quite up to snuff. They didn't do that with Dodson. So it's not so bad of an injury that it he was had to be put on any list. But they're mad at him because he's a young kid and he was, a, you know, he hadn't proven anything yet, but he was really good last year. <clears throat> and he comes in into a year where they need him and they're going to rely on him and he's got an issue. And uh, they just think, well, you should have taken better care of yourself. You know, you, your body is ours, basically. And it's you, when you're away from us, we expect you to be uh, doing good by your body. And if you're hurting it, that's not good. You know, and that's so they were. That's very simple. That's all. There's nothing mysterious or weird about that. <clears throat> and the T.J. Watt situation. <clears throat> all I hear is media people talking about how he takes plays off all the time, taking shots at him because he's not practicing 11 on 11 because he's looking to sign his contract. So he's there and he puts on the uniform and he does all kinds of drills, but he doesn't actually get in and play against real players out there because he doesn't want to get hurt until he signs his multi-million dollar contract. Well, why take shots at TJ Watt over that? I mean, personally, I don't like that tactic. Personally, you know, I've, he's under contract and you get to work and you do your job and you do the negotiating on the side. You let your um, agent handle that and, and you don't make a scene. 
and a spectacle. I didn't believe in Le'Veon Bell when he held out. Um, and it screwed his whole career up. He, he never even came in, never ended up showing up, took a whole year off, and he's been a bum ever since. He ruined. He was a star. He did that, played it arrogant, never got paid, and then is a bum. His career's over. He ruined his entire NFL career being an arrogant, greedy bastard. Le'Veon Bell. So screw him. But So I don't even like this half-ass version of it that Watt's doing. However, I will also say, who cares? Let's move on. Let's not take shots at him. And say he takes plays off. Um, he's the best player in football next to Aaron Donald on defense. He's the best defensive player in football next to Aaron Donald. And he should have, in my opinion, won the last two defensive players of the year over Aaron Donald. But be that as it may, the bottom line is, so now because he's doing this, you're going to start criticizing him and putting him down and mocking him? That's that's the media. And I'm saying, Why? Let's not take shots. And, and and Devin Bush made some tweets, okay? I hated his cat tweet of a cat falling to its death up in a mall or office building. It was terrible. Um, and for him to make a joke about it and uh, and to tweet it like it shows that he's a, a little immature sicko. But the rest of his tweets he was doing were nothing big. That was just a mistake he made. And he didn't even laugh at it, really. The guy below him that he retweeted was laughing, and that was disgusting. Devin Bush just said, I thought a cat always landed on its legs and put a little skull in Crossbone's face. I mean, it, it was kind of a joke, but also kind of like uh, he was shocked by it and wanted to share it. Um, so I don't know. Regardless, I wouldn't have retweeted that. I didn't like it. Uh, I'm not a fan of, of, of him doing that. But I think the rest of it is just a bunch of drama that people are trying to make up to take down Devin Bush. And now they're trying to take down T.J. Watt, and they're trying to take down Dotson. Look, uh, you know, I, I think the players need to be uh, a little bit better uh, at taking things seriously and doing the best for the team. I think that times have changed and players are a lot less uh, disciplined. And I just think it's true about a lot of walks of life, unfortunately, and a lot of people in this country. I think uh, self-discipline and, and, and being a self-starter and putting your nose to the grindstone – is something that, uh, and caring too much about money and being too greedy and wanting it too soon and thinking you're entitled. These are all issues in our country today and in sports. But be that as it may, there are issues everywhere, not in Pittsburgh, not on the Steelers. Taking shots at Tomlin or the Steelers or the Steeler chemistry or team vibe is all crap, okay? Um, would I like it to be better? Yeah, would I like all these problems not to exist? Sure, but they're not that bad. And why, do, why are we blowing them out of proportion? And why are we making statements about how the offensive line is in flux and in need? And Why don't we just wait and see? Look, the players that are gone from the offensive line were finished. DeCastro wasn't any good last year. And as it turns out, it was because he was injured. and He was playing through injuries, and they're still there. So we cut him. And I don't think he'll ever play again because he just got to a point where his body was breaking down and it wasn't repairing itself. So that's why he wasn't playing any good. Same with Pouncey. Pouncey was a great player. In my opinion, he should make the Hall of Fame, but uh, he, had, he had finished it. He was done. He was done. He had reached the end of the line. <clears throat> and he played like it last year, including in the first snap of the playoff game where he snapped the ball over Ben's head into the end zone for a touchdown, which I think Pouncey kind of in a way you could say might have lost that game for us I really wonder if that hadn't happened what would have happened in that game I just think it threw everything out of whack 
and we didn't have the fans to juice up the offense and get them back in gear. But also, like I said, they were just barking up the wrong tree the end, ending portion of the season offensively, and they, weren't, they were too proud to, to really correct themselves. <clears throat> so hopefully they learned their lesson. But the point is this. We got rid of guys that were out of the way, but was never any good. And I didn't like him personally. So, I mean, the three guys that are gone from the offensive line, see ya. Good, good riddance. Matt Filer wasn't very good last year. When, when Dotson stepped in at left guard, he was better. I thought it was a mistake for the Steelers to start Filer in place of Dotson in that Cleveland playoff game. Um, so I don't mind him being gone. And Chuk's a core for it right tackle. Now he's moving to left. Left was his original position anyway in college. And it's what he practiced, the position he practiced for with the Steelers for two years until last year when we needed him to take over the right tackle position. When Banner got hurt, and that's what he was practicing for because we had Villanueva by that point. But otherwise, he was practicing to be Villanueva's backup. So the point is moving him to left tackle is fine. I don't worry about that. The rest of the line... The people that were there weren't any good. So replacing them is okay. We'll see. My point is this. We'll see. That's all. We'll see. Why don't we let Adrian Clem, the offensive line coach, do what he can do? And why don't we let the Steelers brass, Kevin Colbert, et cetera, and Tomlin, you know, draft, select, and train, and prepare a line? And then we'll see how they perform. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, the line's overrated. I know you hear a lot about offensive lines in the NFL and, and, and uh, that's one in the trenches and all that. But the Steelers won a Super Bowl with a very mediocre offensive line before. So I really think that it comes down to the running backs, the wide receivers, and the quarterback. Every lineman is decent. Nobody gets into the NFL and plays offensive line and is a complete piece of crap. And if he is, he gets replaced by somebody who is mediocre but decent. The Steelers have patchworked together offensive lines their entire lives. They never used to get through a season with the same five guys playing line. And, yeah, they need cohesion. They need to work on it, and it is going to cause some issues. There are going to be sacks and tackles in the backfield because the line is just getting their feet together. Maybe they'll never be great all year. But the point is the offense can still perform despite that, regardless of what people think. I've watched football my whole life. It's a lie. It is a lie. To act like you need to have a really good offensive line to be a good offense. It's a lie. They've been saying it about Cincinnati. Oh, with that offensive line, I don't care what quarterback you get in there. They can't be any good. I don't agree. I don't agree. I think if you want to pass all the time, become pass happy, I agree. But I think any offensive line, no matter how good or bad they really are, can push people ahead and run block if you, if you dedicate yourself to it. And that's what the Steelers have done wrong in recent years. They just haven't uh, stayed uh, committed to the run. It takes some commitment. And it's a definite different perspective of offense to push forward rather rather than stand up and hold people from coming at you. It's a completely different function for the offensive linemen. So I think they need to stay committed to the run more this year because we went all past last year and we saw what that got us. And what happens is the offensive line becomes incapable of run blocking if they never do it and they never practice it and they never run many runs. So when they try it, it stinks and it stinks and it stinks. And when it's third and short, it stinks and it stinks and it stinks. So you have to stay committed to it and you have to push and run and you have to keep the passing down more minimum. 
and you have to have a good quarterback still, but you can't pretend like you're Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady who went in his heyday when he was at, you know, or Peyton Manning. Look, Ben has never been as good as those guys when it comes to being a passing machine. He can have games that are as good as those guys. He's a very good passing quarterback. He's always been underrated in the national media with respect to his overall quarterbacking skills. But he's not to that elite level as a passer in terms of his accuracy and his ability to to, to always find the right guy and to make plays happen. I mean, he he's great at doing it in... Uh, in moderation with a good running game, which he's not a game manager by any stretch. He's a, he's an elite quarterback. He's a Hall of Famer. But what I'm saying is there are very few, very few. Bradshaw never just threw the ball all the time. Even in their biggest pass-happy year, their last Super Bowl season, they still ran the ball. I watched that Super Bowl again just recently against the Rams, and they ran it on first down, and they ran it on second down, and then they would start and long, and then Bradshaw passed and completed it or not. You know, the point is, even back in that day, even with Bradshaw, uh, you know, winning an MVP in the Super Bowl, and 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 uh, did he ever win the MVP? Let me think. Franco won it. Swan won it. I thought Stallworth won it that last year. Who won it? The other. Uh, Franco won it, I thought, in the uh, in the Minnesota Super Bowl, the Vikings won. The first Rams Super Bowl, I mean Dallas Super Bowl, was Swan. The second Dallas Super Bowl was that Bradshaw. That might have been Bradshaw. And then maybe they gave it to Bradshaw in the in the Rams Super Bowl, not Stallworth. I thought he had two MVPs. Anyway, I'd have to look it up. But the point is. <clears throat> Even with Bradshaw and the high-flying Steelers of that day, that age in the 70s with Swan and Starworth and Jimmy Smith, <clears throat> it was not as uh, high-flying as you think. There was still a commitment to the running game. So saying that we have to be like the Super Bowl Steelers of Bradshaw is not putting Ben down. You see what I'm saying? Bradshaw's a Hall of Famer. I'm not putting Ben down to say he's not Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers didn't exist in the 70s. Nobody was Aaron Rodgers, you know? I mean, the closest we came to Aaron Rodgers or to, or to uh, Peyton Manning or to Tom Brady on his heyday or to Mahomes now currently would be, say, Dan Fouts uh, back in, in the day for the Chargers or Dan Marino for the uh, Dolphins. Those guys were passing machines and lighting it up everywhere and throwing it all over the field <clears throat> primarily and didn't have much of a way of a running game. And guess what? They never won a Super Bowl, either of them. So the point is, uh, the thing that has changed is now you get guys doing that and they're winning Super Bowls. So uh, you can win a Super Bowl in today's NFL, throwing it all over the field, apparently. Uh, but you never used to be able to, even when the few that did it. And, and it, takes, it takes more. And Ben needs more. Ben needs a running game. They need to stay committed to the run. Uh, we got to put a better effort in as a full offense. But I'm saying give them a chance, media. Give them a chance, negative fans. Why are we going to talk down every little issue that comes up and constantly taking shots at this offensive line and whining about it? Let's wait and see. This is the season, man. It's fun. Let's try to have some fun. Let's try to look forward to the season. Let's try to have hope in this offensive line. And if they open up awful, let's not go, well, that's it. They stink. No, it's going to take some time. You're going to have to expect the first five games. Unfortunately, the problem with the Steelers' season 
is their opening schedule is easier and their ending schedule is very hard. So you really want them to open strong because they're going to have to build up some momentum to sort of get through that end of the year, especially since they added an extra game. 17 games is a long-ass season. Plus, they gave them their bye too early on after only six weeks. Six weeks and then a bye. So they got to go 11 weeks in a row and end up with like four or five games in a row that are really tough. Um, so you hate to see them lose a couple games at the beginning because of some shoddy offensive line player or whatever getting their act together. But, hey, it is what it is. Uh, the Steelers, when they get their act together, they've had some really tough schedules in the past, and they win them all. And when they won the Super Bowl against the Cardinals that year, they had a really tough schedule. They finished the season 12-4, and four, won the Super Bowl. And it was, a, it was a grueling schedule. I do believe it was the hardest in the NFL that year. And we just churned through it and did good. So, I mean, when you're a good team, it doesn't matter if every week it's a tough opponent. You're a tough opponent. You know, it's a great matchup because you're in it as one of the good teams. So instead of looking at the other team saying, oh, wow, we have a tough schedule. Yeah, it's a tough schedule because they got to play us. It's a tough schedule because it's two good teams, not just one. So the Steelers need to get good and be strong and believe in themselves. And uh, they might have to take a few lumps at the beginning of the year. And then they might have to win games that, that, that you wouldn't expect them to win at the end of the year. Either way, look, if the offensive line ends up sucking and Ben gets injured because he's sacked all the time and the, the running game is a disaster, then we can talk about how it was a complete failure to try to overhaul the whole line and they did a bad job and blah, 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 blah. But for the time being... Uh, it's it. I find it exciting and interesting. I'm curious. I want to see the line. I'm kind of excited that it's a bunch of new players, and I'm excited that we have a new coach, and I'm excited that we have a new offensive coordinator. I'm excited that Ben came back. I wanted him to go. I was ready to let him go, but I'm glad it's him because I've seen Mason Rudolph again, and I realize I don't like the guy. He's okay, but he's not the answer. I mean, you see Haskins. You see Rudolph out there in the preseason. And you know that your team would be trying to win with one of those mediocre quarterbacks. And it's just, you can't really do it. And the offense is going to be punting a lot and so on and so forth. Where with Ben, you can still make plays. Even during down the stretch when he stunk last year, he pulled us from behind and won against Indianapolis. And the next to last game he played. Aside from that Cleveland game, he played the Indianapolis game right before it. That was his last game. And he won against a very good Indianapolis team. They finished 11-5, and five, Indianapolis. We were 12-4. and 11-5 because we beat him in a big game and came from behind to do it. And he looked good. So he still has it in him. And, you know, he had it in him against Cleveland in the playoffs for three of the four quarters after a terrible first quarter. So the point is, I would rather it be Ben. I'm glad that I they didn't say, we don't want you back, Ben. We're moving on. I was ready to move on and put our tail between our legs and try to win with defense and go with this bad quarterback or mediocre quarterback and Mason Rudolph. But when I see him out there, I'm like, no, no thanks. <laughs> but nobody in the NFL, everybody in the NFL is acting like uh, we're, we're, no, we're no better off with Ben. They're acting like we did just bring uh, uh, Mason Rudolph back. That's the way they're treating us, that we're like the Steelers with Mason Rudolph. And that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Ben is a Hall of Famer. And we are not the Steelers with Mason Rudolph yet. That'll be next year. We are the Steelers with Ben still. And we have a very real chance as a result of uh, doing something good here still. So let's be positive. Let's be hopeful. Go Steelers. I love you. Oh, wait. Okay. Yeah. I love you. <laughs> 
Yabba da boop